I welcome everybody to the War on Cars, where we agonize over transportation modes as if they were of vital moral importance, because they are. They are of vital moral importance. I'm Sarah Goodyear, and I'm here with my co-host, Sarah Napperstack and Doug Gordon. Hello. And we're going to be talking about electric bikes this time, e-bikes, because e-bikes kind of encapsulate everything in a weird way. Yeah, they're about immigration and class here in New York and elsewhere. And policing and labor issues and... The future of urban mobility, about transitioning cities away from, you know, gas-burning, exhaust-spewing cars to something smaller and cleaner and more efficient. And who wouldn't want that? Well, who wouldn't? It, who wouldn't want that? It I turns out obviously better. Yeah, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but like all good things, there are people who don't like electric bicycles. No. No, yeah, you hear a lot of complaints from people about e-bike riders delivering food going the wrong way and running red lights. And so there are a lot of people who would just rather that they go away, that they be banned entirely, that restaurants don't rely on them for delivering their food. Okay. We actually huh. this week have a new sponsor. It's one of those restaurants. That's a that great will, idea. Yeah, it's one of those restaurants. So, okay, Yeah, cool. take a listen. Are you hungry? Don't want to leave your apartment and you hate bicycles? Then call Al's New York Diner. At Al's, we deliver food the old-fashioned way. Instead of five guys on those e-bikes, we got one guy, and he's in a car. That's right. One guy, one car, and that's Al's New York Diner. And if you order right now, you'll get the Al's guarantee. Hot food delivered to your door in under 20 minutes. It might show up cold in two hours, depending on traffic, and if a guy can find a parking space right now in front of your building, it would really help if you had more parking so call Al's, New York Diner. We got one guy, one car, delicious food. See ya. Wow. Uh, you yeah. know, okay. if, that, if they ever deliver something <laughs> to your apartment and they forget something, don't call to tell them because that guy will come and hunt yeah, you down. That was an angry man. He will. It's, it's, um, it, this stuff is really complicated. Like we're, It's going to take a little while I to- I mean, we, uh, need, we need the money, guys. Like, yeah. don't, beggars can't don't, be choosers. I mean, come on. Yeah. We're not getting the studio for free. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of begging for money, yeah. uh, we would love your donations through Patreon. You can go to www.thewaroncars.org. Click on Donate. It will take you to our Patreon page. We have lots of goodies, as always, stickers, T-shirts. We also, uh, this week, have a Pocampo bag. The company Pocampo, they make these really stylish Ooh. bicycle bags. Sweet. That's a nice They've one. donated to us, so you can nab that if you donate to our Patreon. Doug, could I, could I donate enough to get the bag and then just pay for one month and then just like kill my Patreon <laughs> subscription? Uh, I'm gonna, so I get yeah. the bag for like a discount? Is that <laughs> possible? I we you know, probably it depends on what kind of person you are, Aaron. <laughs> Let's it talk really to depends. we're gonna talk to the show. So that's just like it totally just depends on me. I think you have yeah. to design a system that accounts for, you know, human frailty. Yeah, and and thank you to those people who have already donated through the Patreon campaign and who haven't stopped donating <laughs> after just one month. Who haven't bailed after um, they got their sticker. Yeah, we, we would especially like to thank the law office of Vicaro and White for being our top sponsor. They're great. And you can be great, too, if you go to thewaroncars.org and click on that donate button. Yeah. Yeah. I've recommended so many friends go to Vaccaro and White. 
and it's not it's never it's never the most pleasant recommendation because they've always been hit by a car when i recommend it i always have a lot of respect for the law office of vicaro and white if i can say their full name again because they are literally a business that should go out of business in a perfect world right, right? they like, are yeah. they are working toward their own demise yeah yeah by making streets safer all right. We are going to be talking about e-bikes, as I said. And in October of last year, the New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, standing with his police chief, announced a crackdown on delivery riders, e-bike riders. And that was kind of a watershed moment for the e-bike thing uh, here in New York. Yeah. And we got to apologize in advance because it, this will sound like a very New York-centric conversation, but we actually think this has a lot of lessons for other cities. This touches on tons of issues that are affecting the entire country right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's what's cool about it is it actually seems to hit on so many different critical issues, you know, and it's, it is this little New York City parochial thing that touches on everything. Well, because I think we're asking this question, essentially, who are streets for? There's the larger question, are they for people in cars or are they for people on foot and on bikes? But then there's also this question of if we're building bike lanes, if we're building safe streets, are those streets just for people like me who feel guilty riding a bicycle to work and getting on an e-bike to do it? Or are they for everybody, including the people who deliver all of our food? I think it's also about how change gets made in cities. And sometimes change doesn't get made by policymakers. It doesn't get made by advocates. It gets made by, you know, the the guys who are working uh, at the very lowest rung of the economic ladder in your city, and they're they're using whatever tools they they need to do the job that they have to do. And I mean that that's so often how change gets made in cities. You know, new immigrants come, they come with their tools, they come with you know their whatever you know need they have to to make money to support their families, and the city changes in response. We're going we're gonna to get to all that. That's why we have Helen here, because Helen really knows about this stuff. Oh. Uh, so Hi, Helen. Hi, everyone. That is Helen Ho of the Biking Public Project, which is an amazing organization that has been working to include delivery riders, women, and people of color into the advocacy conversation, where they have sometimes been sadly neglected. Um, so we're really happy that Helen is here with us to help us understand what what the heck is going on with e-bikes in New York City? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'm so honored to be the very first guest. Yeah, ever. thanks for coming. Yeah, uh, it's what a, it's my Who badge better? of honor. I'm gonna oh, make yeah. myself a button that says that first. And guest. you're getting a sticker too. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh wow, a sticker. <laughs> yeah. Just report it on your taxes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. First, first victim of the war on cars. Yeah. Is the second guest get a sticker too? No, um, just you. Not uh, like yours. Okay. Just tell, tell her no. 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 Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you feel very special now. Um, yeah, so we, the mayor instituted this um, ban on e-bikes, you know, really specifically focusing on food delivery workers about a year ago. And it stemmed from a comment that happened at one of his town halls on the Upper West Side. Um, a banker named Matthew Sheffield uh, complained about food delivery cyclists being too dangerous. And, you know, and then was on the Brian Lehrer show and then got asked by Brian Lehrer about e-bike policy and, you know, it kind of all spiraled out of control from there. This is really how the policy developed and emerged. Just like one guy complained at a meeting and then an entire 
class of vehicle. And yeah, and the mayor got put targeted. on the spot by Brian Lehrer, and this is and dug his heels in about it, and this is how it happened. Huh? Isn't that crazy? That's pretty crazy. That's pretty yeah. crazy. It's how policies made. Yeah. Wow. The progressive icon mayor of New York City, America's fairest big city. Yeah. Um, heard a complaint at a meeting on the Upper West Side and inst- <laughs> instituted a policy that basically threw all of these immigrant guys into the police and justice system and also caused them to lose their their entire means of production. At a time when throwing immigrants into contact with law enforcement has really high stakes in the age of Trump and ICE as well. So what are you advocating for? What do the delivery riders want? And, and how is your group working with them? Or how are other groups working? And, and what has been the response? Obviously, the best case scenario would be to just legalize the, the bikes that the food delivery workers have. And they all, all own their own bikes. I think some folks have a misconception that the restaurants own the bikes, but the workers are generally all contractors of the restaurant, and they all have to have a bicycle in order to get a job. How much does one of these cost? The Arrow e-bikes cost about fifteen to $1,800. Right. And strangely wow. enough, the pedal assist e-bikes... Uh, cost a lot more. I think mm. they cost twenty five to twenty five hundred dollars to three thousand dollars because the so, Aero e bikes are a Chinese company and the pedal right. assist are all European companies. So you're talking about a fourteen fifteen hundred dollar bike, and then you can get hit with seven hundred dollars in in, in, in like fines five, yeah. and miss two or three days of work to go get your bike back, and suddenly perhaps you've doubled the cost of the bike by the time you're done, depending on the extent of how long you're spending in jail or whatever it is. Yes, exactly. It's unbelievable. And so, right, and you could start a criminal record for yourself if you forget right. your court date, right, you know, right. you know, it's like a snowball effect. So we're trying to legalize the bikes, right? And you could do that on a city level, um, but then also we need support from on a state level mm-hmm. to pass legislation to legalize the throttle and combination pedal assist bikes, which might happen, right? Because the e-scooter lobby is very strong right now. Right. And e-scooters, you know, the throttle on e-scooters is essentially huh. the same as the throttle so, on these so e-bikes. The, so the e-scooter companies are actually your allies, uh, potentially, or the allies of the of the riders. Yeah, we're trying to tether ourselves with the e-scooter hmm. legislation so that we can just glide along with them <laughs> into, right, into legality. So the truth is that there are a lot of people who do feel intimidated or frightened of these bikes because they're they're silent they go fast they're mixing with pedal bikes and and bike lanes which are a limited resource in the city still because of the incentives you're talking about often they are going the wrong way or and they're coming from a direction you might not expect or they're running a red light if these bikes were to be legalized how would we work to kind of established norms and conventions. Are there any cities that are doing it right? Or like, do you know places where, where these things work? I haven't researched other cities, but I think a lot of the things that you just said, Sarah, are things that were said about bike messengers, right, yeah, back in right. the day. That's right? true. I like, remember that. Bike I was here. <laughs> yeah, bike messengers had a really bad reputation. You know, they were like the scourge of society. And even though like bike messengers aren't dangerous, they got to... I was about to jump in and say, we should set the stage here a little bit more, which is that e-bikes have killed exactly zero people in a city where hundreds of people are killed, thousands injured 
by cars. And right, so, but it, it's still, I'm still shocked every time. I mean, I just hear a lot of complaints. For, it will just come up a lot where people you wouldn't really expect are just like, you know, the damn e-bikes, you know, really you, angry you, you at e-bikes. You think that it's because they're new or because that's just like a, a thing that people have like decided to pick on? Like we always need someone to, to point at and say, you, you're different, you're doing well, something Well, I think wrong. it's a combination of things, right? I think it's that, you know, it's new, right? And people like to hate new things because in, as humans, we inherently hate change. And I think that, you know, if you think about who are infrastructures being built for, mm-hmm. right, if we're going to go there, it's not really being built for delivery workers, right? You know, no. it's like some white collar, white guy designed all of our bike lanes and all of our streets. And, you know, it's it's made Doug, for- Doug feels guilty about I it. I was going to say, this yeah. was no, but that's <laughs> designed for Doug. I think, but I think- We're going to make Doug this, feel terrible. No, 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 no. I think about this all the time <laughs> yeah. because we build in New York a lot of one-way bicycle oh, lanes yeah. to go with our one-way car streets. And one-way bicycle lanes make about as much sense as one-way sidewalks. Yeah. So, like, I totally understand why that guy on the e-bike comes out of an apartment where he's just dropped something off. And rather than go, you know, one or two blocks out of his way, he just goes a quarter of the block in the wrong direction to pick up the avenue. I, Like, I get that. We're building the wrong kind of infrastructure. And actually, like, because e-bikes have been around now long enough, I've become habituated when I cross Court Street near my house it's a one-way street that should have a two-way bike lane on it or and and I look to my I look both ways when I cross because I know it's they've been around long enough that it's just become a thing that I know that they will be coming both ways so right. you know and that's just uh, so you're not going to yell at me next time you see me going you, the wrong way on I will yell at <laughs> you I will yell at yeah because Aaron almost hit me doing that exact same yeah. thing one time to get back to what Helen was saying is like one of my frustrations with uh, our Department of Transportation I think it's true in lots of transportation departments across the country is that they think of like you said that white collar rider who's going from his gentrified neighborhood to his downtown media job or finance job. And they only think in terms of routes, of commuting routes, and they don't think in terms of the day-to-day work, cycle, working cyclists who need these, who right. need these streets for yeah, a different purpose. You, yeah, if we think about the scenario, right? Like if I go to work, I'm biking from my house to work. You know, on my way home from work, maybe I'll stop off at one or two places on my way home. I'm going to ride down the street once in one direction and once in the other direction, and that's it. You know, uh, a delivery worker will be at the restaurant and they'll make probably about 30 trips, right? 30 different deliveries in one 12-hour shift, right? Mm -hmm. So they're coming to and from that restaurant 30 times in their regular daily life. Vehicle miles travel, they probably travel more miles than anyone else. Right, I ride four miles miles to and from work, eight miles total. Yeah, and I think there are about 50,000 food delivery workers in New York City, probably about twenty to 30,000 of them ride Mm e-bikes. And I think the DOT estimates that there are about 86,000 regular commuters Mm -hmm. every day, right? So this is a significant portion of the bike riding population. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things that strikes me is that the e-bikes that the delivery workers are using are the most elegant and efficient solution to the problem of doing that work. And, And similar Bikes would be a great solution for a lot of the needs that the city has in terms of yeah, transportation. people carrying groceries or people trying to carry 
kids and on a bike. I mean, it seems like it, you know, freight. I, I talked to could one. obviously be used a lot. I talked to one uh, delivery worker at a rally at City Hall who said, you know, he said, I got here and I just thought, okay, yes, I'll use a bike. He was from China and he said, you know, in China, this is what people use. And why are you like, I can I couldn't understand why New York is so behind, yeah. basically. For sure. This question of like, where where do e-bikes belong? I mean, because they're, they're fundamentally, they're motorcycles, they're electric motorcycles, they're clean motorcycles, but they have like incredible torque. They pick up really fast. They can go really fast if they're not, you know, speed limited. Should they be treated more like a motor vehicle, like in the mix with cars? And also, should the city have policies in place to actually, you know, start replacing cars and, and, and bringing in more vehicles like this, which are obviously cleaner and more efficient and potentially can do many of the things that cars do for us now? Yeah. So I'll ask you another question. Yeah. Do you think that we would be having this conversation if all the grandmas in New York City wanted to ride an e-bike? Because to be reminiscent of their riding bicycles in their childhood. No, which... I think a lot of the a lot of the anger at e-bikes is probably about who's riding the e-bikes, right? Right. I mean, yeah. you know, like when we all get old at this table here, we're probably going to be those e-bike riders. Yeah, I totally. I imagine absolutely. that. Yeah, great. It's yeah. going to be great for us. We'll be yeah. like, yeah, we love this. We love this. No, stuff. but these guys are bringing in. Like, I really <laughs> feel like they're probably bringing in like the next wave of urban transportation. I mean, yeah, they are. It's already happening, right? You know, companies like UPS are trying to get e-bikes um, for delivery purposes. You know, because New York City is so congested. And um, all the pedicabs that you see yeah. Um, yeah. in the tourist neighborhoods, they're all e-bikes as well. Yeah. yeah. But I think you're right. I think if this were a bunch of like Park Slope moms and Bach feets toting their kids around, and you are seeing those people now getting e-bikes because they recognize how good it is, we would be having a very different discussion if they were the kind of right. pioneers but, but, in that way. But, yeah. uh, you know, the, the thing is that I don't know how much we would because, I mean, we are having, right, those people are allowed to ride the bikes that they ride and they're allowed to ride a city bike it's it, i mean it seems that when it comes to immigrants and people of color and poor people using any mode of transportation in the united states even those that are well established like cars or regular bicycles or walking they're more often criminalized doing using whatever mode they use, right? Like that's, uh, you know. Yeah, and in our group, we have this, you know, theory that it's about controlling, you know, people of color on the street, yeah. right? Because, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, let's say like on the Upper West Side or Upper East Side, you know, like have, you know, like have people of color in their lives, but, you know, they're probably mostly people that are their employees, right? Maybe right. they're the doorman, or they're like staff at work, right. right? And so these are all people. If you can ask your you can ask your doorman to do things a certain way, or you can ask your staff to do things a certain way. But you know, the guy that you ask to bring you food is just like wild out there on the street. You know, it's huh. like, and how can you not want to like do something to control that on the street? I think it's not dissimilar from stop and frisk mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah, I mean, is there is there though? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't feel like I didn't really. I mean, what would what would our streets look like if we were incorporating e-bikes in the best way possible and maximizing their efficiency and and not just from the policing and enforcement perspective, but is there, you know, do we need to start thinking of some altogether new way of designing the city 
to incorporate this new technology and to kind of like, you know, minimize the conflicts that are out there and also like really encourage the growth of what's clearly like super clean, super efficient, really functional transportation. I think we're about to have this conversation really soon. And you guys have probably talked about e-scooters already. Yeah, we did. But, you know, I think, you know, with a bunch of e-scooters, dockless e-scooters and dockless bike share bikes about to be let loose on New York City streets, I think we're going to have a giant conversation about how the street space is used mm -hmm. and you know, for who and for what mm -hmm. and how it's laid out. Yeah. Think we're, I mean, I don't think it's going to, I don't think this, the delivery workers are going to cause that conversation. Right, they're the not going to drive it, yeah. And right. dockless bikes are going to do that. Thank you so much, Helen, for being here. It was really great. Thanks. I'm so excited that you. we have to get a picture of you here in the studio with us as our first guest. Oh, this yeah. is a historic yeah. Oh, we'll, put it, we'll put it on my sticker. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So that's pretty good. Like we were just talking for a little while. We solved we solved all of those problems, those complicated problems that we were talking about. Right. It's, it's, all, it's all fixed. We got it. We 20 got minutes it. of discussion in Boom. and done. done. All right. Episode five of The War on, on Cars in the books. And you can check back in a couple of weeks for our next installment. In the meantime, check out our website, www.thewaroncars.org. And please remember to click that donate button. Throw us a few bucks. Remember, you'll get that awesome Ocampo bag. And we also want to thank the Law Office of the Car and White for being our top sponsor. So thanks again. This episode was recorded by Peter Carl. Music by Nathaniel Goodyear. Our producer is Curtis Fox. Danny Finkel of Crucial D designed our logo. I'm Sarah Goodyear. I'm Aaron Napperstack. I'm Doug Gordon. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.